Welcome to this edition of the Alabama Historical Association's podcast program. I'm your host, Marty Olaf, and I talk with people who conduct interesting research and do interesting things concerning Alabama history. You can find out more about the Alabama Historical Association, a membership organization devoted to Alabama history, by pointing your browser at our website, www.alabamahistory.net. Our guests today are the staff and editorial members of the Encyclopedia of Alabama, Laura Hill, Claire Wilson, and Chris Maloney. They have won for the Encyclopedia of Alabama the inaugural Alabama Historical Association Digital History Award for 2016. Congratulations to you all for winning this award, and I'd like you now to tell me, beginning with Laura, what Encyclopedia of Alabama is and what it has done in the past few years. The Encyclopedia of Alabama is a free online resource of all things Alabama. It covers the history, the environment, the geography, and the culture of the state. And basically what it has done for the past few years is help make Alabama's stories and accomplishments and troubles available to everybody in the world to learn from and read about and rejoice in. Now, Laura, you were telling us a little bit earlier about the number of hits that Encyclopedia of Alabama is coming up on to. We're coming up on 11.5 million. Since we launched in 2008, we launched in September 2008 with about 500 articles. And Chris, you say we have... 1,790-some at this point, and 4,700 images that we've posted on the site as well. These hits aren't just coming from Alabama, are they? No, they are coming from across the globe. We have had more than 220 countries and territories, um, and that's broken up by what Google Analytics creates as a country and territory, but more than 220 of them have sent visitors to our site since we've launched. We're still waiting for North Korea. And and we may be waiting for a while for North Korea. (laughs) We have one from North Korea. We have one from North Korea. And the Vatican. (laughs) Yes. What goes into creating the Encyclopedia of Alabama? What would an author, for example, encounter if they wanted to write for the encyclopedia? Well, we have a public email address. Anyone can contact us through that on our homepage, eoaeditor at auburn.edu. Anyone can contact us through that. We encourage anybody who sees a gap in our content to let us know. We prefer to have people who have some expertise in the field that they're writing about, but we've got authors that span the globe. Our authors come from all areas of research, levels of scholarship. We have some by undergraduate students, many by graduate students, some by lay historians, many, many by university and college faculty. And internationally recognized scholars. internationally recognized scholars. We've had authors from Australia, from England. When an author contacts you, what is the process that they go through? I should say most of our content is through us commissioning someone to write it. We do take suggestions from the public, but a lot of our content is us and our panel of experts saying, hey, you need an entry on this. The process would generally be, we would suggest that you look at some sample articles on the site to see what kind of content and structure we need. You would submit your article. Chris and I will both edit it. We always like to have two pairs of eyes on everything because we both bring different perspectives to, (laughs) to reading them. It will be edited and then sent back to the author with some queries usually, and we just want to make sure that we haven't changed their article in a way they're not happy with. Sometimes they aren't. (laughs) That's okay. And then they would send it back to us as a revision. 
most of the time it's ready to go into final form. And often we ask people to submit images as well because they're usually most knowledgeable about where to find those. And I would say unsolicited articles are not encouraged. In other words, talk to the editors before you yes, solicit yeah. to send us anything. Spend time writing something. You need to have a conversation with one of the editors before Very you good send point. it in. Right. We have a database of 5,000 possible entries, and we're getting through that. But we had a staff of experts, noted historians in the state, and they came up with this list. This is what we have been working on. In addition, we're going to be adding content related to the bicentennial that Alabama is coming up on. So we'll be focusing on that as well. Back to Claire's point, our edits, we like to think they're stylistic in nature, but we do have a certain structure that we follow and certain content that we like to see in the entries as well. Is there a reading level that these articles are aimed at? Yes. We go by, the New York Times says they're at a ninth grade reading level, and that's the reading level you want for the general public. So we strive to, to maintain that level. And that's a ninth grade reading yes. level? Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. How many words approximately are each of the articles? Well, I think most of the remaining entries will be in the 750 to 1,000 word range, and for those we pay an honorarium of 100 or $125 respectively. We have a few entries that may take up to 1,500 words, but we do have some that are in the 2,000 word range and even some higher, but they were overview articles, and generally those have all been done. So 750 to 1,000. We want to be a jumping off point for a subject, right? We're not striving to be the final word on any subject. That's why we also ask authors to include additional resources. If people want to find out more in-depth information about a subject, we have a list at the bottom of the article that will guide them. I'd like to interject that EOA content focuses on people, places, and events that are statewide significance, international significance, and national significance. And there's some regional importance. Those are the types of topics we're looking for. As opposed to local points of right. interest. There are right. many wonderful people in a community, and they've been influential, and they may be a fantastic mayor, or county commissioner, or wonderful teacher. We don't want to undermine that significance, but EOA focuses on statewide and national and international right. significance. It's not that they're not worthy of having a biography written about them, but we're just not the forum. Now, at some point in the future, these other individuals who are not in it, we will have time to edit entries on those. How many staff members work at EOA? Three full-time and one temporary IT person. And this is a reduction in force from the original staff, is it not? We had nine for several years, and, you know, due to various budget cuts and other things, we've been reduced to about three. But you're pretty stable and sustainable at this level. We are. That's correct. We are lean and mean, right? <laughs> right. And the, yes, we and, are. And the previous staff, that was set up because when we launched, we had a large backlog of articles that had not been edited. So in some ways it makes sense, but we could do more with more. So what's the future for EOA? In the near term, we're going to be working with many organizations in the Bicentennial. Alabama's coming up on its 200th anniversary, so we're working with the Bicentennial Commission and various state agencies, providing them content, but also advisory help and the like as they launch this effort. We hope to develop a mobile app for the encyclopedia. It's usable on mobile devices, but it would be a lot easier if it had a mobile app. And we're hoping to get more interactive content as we get more IT money. And develop our for teachers. So yes. We help link EOA content to curricula requirements that teachers have, their standards that they're trying to meet, identifying EOA articles that already exist that help them with their lesson planning, and then also identifying gaps 
and what teachers need with their lesson plans that EOA might not have. That's a great point, Laura. I'd like to add that, yeah, we have a lot of great content about Alabama, and we can provide many. It's free and online, so it's available to any teacher in any school district that has the Internet. And it's not just history, is it? No, not at all. It's geography, it's flora, fauna. Yes, yeah. <laughs> Government, uh, business politics. And industry. Agriculture also. Yeah. Oh, Absolutely. Yeah. And sports. I've noticed that there is EOA content that goes with technical education requirements. Mm -hmm. That you're studying agriculture, and we have articles on catfish farming, inland shrimp culture, beef chicken, cattle. beef cattle, <laughs> chicken, the poultry industry in the state, greenhouse production. So I don't exaggerate when I say it's all things Alabama. Yeah, we have many articles on industries in the state, Airbus, mm -hmm. Boeing, a lot of the things related to space and rocketry, shipbuilding, all of the automotive industry. The new car mm -hmm. companies that yeah. have come into yeah. the state, yes. Economic development, agriculture, history, politics, like you said, all things Alabama. Absolutely. Well, I want to congratulate you all again for being the recipient of the inaugural Alabama Historical Association Digital History Award for Large Project. Continue doing what you're doing, and thank you very much, Laura, Claire, and Chris. Well, we want to thank the Alabama Historical Association for the award. We're very honored by it and also to all the members who've been very supportive of the project since the beginning. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you, Marty. Thank you for joining us today. This has been another edition of the Alabama Historical Association podcast program. Our music is the traditional tune, Whistle By, performed at city stages in 1996 by James Bryan and Carl Jones. It's provided courtesy of the Alabama Folklife Association, which you can find on the web at alabamafolklife.org.